الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات ربه وسلامه عليه وعلى اله واصحابه ومن دعا بدعوته الى يوم الدين اما بعد beloved brothers and sisters in islam assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to us in surah yunus which is the 10th surah of the holy quran in verse 57 to verse 58 allah says ya ayyuhan nas qad ja'atkum maw'idatun min rabbikum wa shifaa'un lima fis sudur hudan wa rahmah للمؤمنين قل بفضل الله وبرحمته فبذلك فليفرحوا هو خير مما يجمعون صدق الله العظيم <coughs> we again thank allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for having given us this wonderful and beautiful opportunity to be present in the month of ramadan and we thank allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his mercy and his kindness upon the ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we ask Allah to bless this gathering and to give shifa to all those who are ill all those who are in hospital all those who are in bed all those who cannot be here and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide our children inshallah to make them good muslims we know that we are in the month of the quran we are in the month of the holy quran the book in islam when it came onto the world stage it came basically with two things it came with a book the quran which is an unparalleled divine message from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it came with a person by the name of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam who came with I, who came as a person imbued by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a most beautiful personality wa innaka la la ala khuluqin azim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says oh Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam you are a person imbued with an amazing personality and character from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Islam came with these two two, two it came with a personality and it came with a book and it came with the greatest task and the greatest mission that has ever been set by any human being or any group or any organization in the world and that was to convince humanity of its truth the truth of islam and to recruit humanity for the fellowship of muslims islam as i said entertained this great mission to convert humanity in order to bring them to achieve justice to achieve truth to achieve well-being and moreover to achieve beauty and today inshallah our khutbah will revolve around the concept of beauty or the concept of ihsan we know that islam is islam 
Islam consists of the activity of Muslims. Their hajj, their fasting, their zakah, their salah. And the second dimension of Islam is our iman. And our iman revolves around understanding. Understanding the deen. Understanding tawheed. Understanding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then finally, the third dimension of Islam that we will speak about today is the, most, is the deepest dimension. It is the dimension of what we may call intentionality. I know it's a big word, don't worry, I'll explain it. And what does what intentional, intentionality mean? It means ihsan is that which only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can see and that which only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can judge. Ihsan is, the place of Ihsan is what we may call the heart. And the expression of Ihsan is the beautiful character and manners of a human being or of a person. Islam, in its philosophy that it brought to the world, came with a philosophy and a and a, and a rule of non-discrimination. But we didn't only say that all people are equal. We also say, when are some people more equal than other people? Because they had to be good and better and best. And Islam came to tell us and instruct us that there is only one thing that discriminates one human being from another human being, that gives a hedge to one human being over another human being. And that is the quality of taqwa. And that is a prescription, if we follow it in the month of Ramadan, the prescription of fasting, we will eventually reach the quality of taqwa. And taqwa may be expressed in many ways. And the sister of taqwa we'll speak about today. Taqwa is to be God conscious. And the sister of taqwa is ihsan. And ihsan or husn in reality means that which is beautiful. That which is beautiful. And I'll explain how fasting and ihsan are twin sisters. And Islam then as a religion, as a way of life, speaks to the heart. It addresses and appeals to the heart of man. And because it appeals to the heart of man, it cannot be controlled by man. Man, if a man wants to accept Islam, there is nothing that can prevent that action. Not all the money and might in the world, not the greatest armies can influence a person who stands on the brink of opening his heart to the beautiful message of La ilaha illallah, Muhammadun Rasulullah And Islam came to sanctify beauty. Inna Allah jameelun yuhibbul jamal. Nabi Sallallahu says Allah is beautiful and he loves everything which is beautiful. And the expression of this beauty can be found, as I said, in the personality of the Nabi Sallallahu 
And Aisha was asked about his personality and she said, That his character was nothing but the Qur'an. The Qur'an which was revealed in this month, the month of Ramadan. So the Prophet and the companions embraced the mission of exemplifying the beauty of Islam to humanity. But what kind of beauty are we talking about? Are we talking about the beauty that we think is beautiful? The outer beauty? No. Nabi Sallallahu says, Inna Allah la yanduru ila suwarikum wala ila ajsamikum walakin yanduru ila qulubikum in another hadith wa a'malikum. Nabi Sallallahu said, Allah doesn't look at your shape and your size. Allah doesn't look at the beauty of your muscular frame, of your body. Allah looks at your deeds. And Allah looks at your hearts. So the Sahaba ﷺ exemplified this. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the Sahaba in the following words in Surah Tawbah verse 100. Easy number to remember, 9-100. As-sabiquun al-awwalun. Allah subhanahu says, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. As-sabiquun al-awwalun min al-muhajirin wal-ansar. Allah says, and the first Muslims. Either I'm going to stop my khutbah, or my voice is going to stop me. Whichever comes first, inshallah, we'll take the one who comes first. Uh, Allah subhanahu says, As-sabiquun al-awwalun, the first Muslims. Who are they? Al-Muhajirun, wal-Ansar. Those who emigrated from Makkah. Wal-Ansar and those who helped them in Medina. Wal-ladheena attaba'uhum. And those who follow them. And those who follow them, radiyallahu anhum, Allah is pleased with them. No. Allah inserts a word in between there. Allah subhanahu says, I'm talking to you about the first Muslims. I am talking to you about those Muslims who will come after them. And Allah subhanahu says, says, Allah doesn't say, who followed the first Muslims. Allah says, who followed the first Muslims in beauty, in beautiful deeds. Allah says, they not only followed them, but they followed them in the beauty which they had done. And later on, inshallah, I'll explain what the beauty was that they had done. Maybe I should give you a little example. You know, everything a Muslim does is good. Like salah, it is good. We take hudu, is good. But there is goodness and there is beauty. And if the goodness is combined with the beauty, subhanallah, that is what Allah loves. And Allah says, Wallahu yuhibbul muhsineen. Allah loves those who do things beautifully. Allah loves beauty. So when you take wudu, for example, the hadith of the Nabi sallallahu the Nabi Sassam talks about hudu. Izbaghul hudu ala makari. Nabi Sassam talks about taking hudu when it's very difficult to take hudu. In the coldness of the dead of winter. But the Nabi Sassam talks about the fact that the places that the hudu water will take will shine bright on the day of Qiyamah. So those of us who take wudu just washing the faral parts, only the faral part will shine, not the sunnah part. And the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, be of those who increase the size, especially of their feet, washing their feet and washing their arms. In other words, wash more, 
Wash not up to here, wash up to here. And when you wash your feet, you wash past your ankles. So that more of you will shine on the day of Qiyam. So just taking the wudu is good. You're performing the fault. But to beautify it by increasing the area that you wash of the feet and of the arms will increase your beauty. That was, will increase your beauty on the day of Qiyamah. Also many other, the salah you make for example. There are hundreds of ways to make salah. There's a good way just to make the salah. Then there's a way to make it with consciousness. Then there's a way to look beautiful when you stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then there's a way when you enter the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do that beautiful to start there and so forth and so on. So Allah says, al First Muslims. Those who follow them in beauty. Bi-ahsanin. Allahu anhum Allah says, what about them? Allahu anhum. Allah is pleased with them. They do it with beauty, Allah is pleased with them. وَرَضُوعًا And they are pleased with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَعَدَّ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ Allah has prepared for those who do it with beauty. Gardens under which rivers flow. خَالِدِينَ فِيَا أَبَدًا They will be in there forever. ذَلِكَ الْفَوْزُ الْعَظِيمُ That is the supreme joy and the supreme happiness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prepares for Muslims. There is a very famous hadith, one of the few ahadith narrated by Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab himself, and you know the hadith, it talks about the man who came into the presence of the Nabi in the masjid, in front of all the sahaba, and he sat in front, down in front of the Nabi and he was dressed in white and he didn't have any dust on him from traveling and none of the sahaba knew him, and he asked the Nabi Three or four questions. The first question he asked, he said, "Akhbirni an al-Islam." Oh, Muhammad Sallallahu tell me about Islam. And the Prophet told him what Islam is. Then he said to the Prophet Sallallahu "Tell me about Iman." And the Prophet told him, "This is these are the principles of Iman." And then he asked the Prophet, "Oh, Muhammad, tell me about Ihsan. Tell me about you know the Hadith. Tell me about Ihsan." And what did the Nabi answer him? Nabi Sallallahu said, what is beauty? What is ihsan? What is goodness? What is virtue? What is well-being? Because the word ihsan encompasses all these words. Goodness. I mean, we say, Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana. Hasana can mean well-being, can mean health, can mean beauty, can mean goodness, can mean all these things. Okay, so the rest of you have cell phones. We've had enough adhans now for the morning. So. Wait for Asr, inshallah, for the next adhan. So please switch off your cell phones. So what did the Nabi say? فَأَخْبِرْنِي عَنِ الْإِحْسَانِ Man said, tell me about Ihsan, the third dimension of Islam. The most beautiful dimension of Islam, the, the heartfelt dimension of Islam. The Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, أَن تَعْبُدَ اللَّهَ كَأَنَّكَ تَرَى فَإِنْ لَمْ تَكُنْ تَرَى فَإِنَّهُ يَرَاكَ Nabi Sallallahu said, what is Ihsan? What is that which embellishes our Islam? Which beautifies. You know, you build a house. And you can build a plain four-bedroom house. Very practical house with the wall around it. And then you can embellish it. You put lights in front, you put lights. You put this kind of stuff and that kind of... You put a garden in front and so forth and so on. It looks beautiful. And of course, the value goes up immediately. People say, well, it's a well-looked-after house. It's a nice, good-looking house. And therefore the price goes up. And similarly with your deen. 
You can have all the goodness, but if you have the beauty with it, your value in the eyes of Allah goes up. So the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, it is to worship Allah as if you can see Him. For if you cannot see Him, then really He sees you. And for me, fasting is the highest form of expression of ihsan in the ibadat which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made fall upon us. You know, there's always been an argument between the fuqaha about in terms of its standing, what is greater, salah or fasting? What is the greater ibadah? If you should have a choice to fast or to salah, what would be the greater impact? What would be the greater one of the two? And some scholars say that siyam fasting is the greatest ibadah. And they say it's the greatest ibadah built on fiqh, legal principles. They say, well, if a woman has her height, for example, in the month of Ramadan or whatever, month of Ramadan, she can't fast and she can't pray. But she doesn't have to pay in her fast. You're not awake. But she has to pay in her fast. But she doesn't have to pay in the salah. So they say, that's a measurement that fasting is, an ibadah which, but only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows of course. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كُلُّ عَمَلِ إِبْنِ آدَمْ لَهُ إِلَّا الصَّوْمِ فَإِنَّهُ لِي وَأَنَا أَجْزِبِي Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, all your ibadat, I have given you the values of it. Salah is the key to paradise. You ask about salah first. So salah has got so many rewards, up to 700 times, that's why we make taraweeh and so forth and so on. But fasting, Allah says, فَإِنَّهُ لِي You fast for me. Now why does Allah say you fast for me? And it ties up with this, أَن تَعْبُدَ اللَّهَ كَأَنَّكَ That you make ibadah as if Allah can see you. Because fasting is the only ibadah that only Allah sees. Only Allah sees. Your wife you can't show to her. Your children you can't show to them. Only Allah knows that you are fasting. Because fasting itself has many dimensions. And the first dimension of fasting is to stay without food and water. And only Allah knows. Only Allah knows that. Salah, people can see you make salah. Zakah, people can see you give zakah. Hajj, you announce it in fact that you're going for hajj. But fasting is then that ibadah which is the closest to ihsan, the closest to express, to express the beauty of Islam. And the character of the sahaba alayhim as-salatu wassalam. So again, as I say, Islam focuses on the, the activities of a Muslim. Iman focuses on the understanding of a Muslim. And Ihsan emphasizes the beauty of a Muslim, the beauty of Islam. Ihsan, the word Ihsan, to show how Allah SWT loves Ihsan, appears in the Qur'an nearly 200 times in different forms. Different derivatives of the word Hassan. Which means a very important term. And in many ayat of the Qur'an, the word Ihsan is combined with the word Taqwa. And we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He speaks about Taqwa in the Qur'an, in, in relation to fasting, what does He say? Ya amanu kutiba alaykum كَمَا كُتِبَ عَلَى الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ 
that, oh, Muslims, we have imposed fasting upon you. We've made it compulsory upon you. As we made it compulsory on those before you, so that you may develop taqwa. And then in many ayats of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala combines this taqwa with ihsan. Allah, for example, says in Surah Ali Imran, verse 172, And those of you who beautify yourselves and your faith and your ibadah for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you develop Allah consciousness, for you there's a great reward. So beauty and taqwa goes together. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Surah Al-Ma'idah, verse 93, ثُمَّ اتَّقَوْا وَأَحْسَنُوا وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ And those who are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is where? Is in the heart. وَأَحْسَنُوا And do good and beautify their deen. وَاللَّهُ يُحِبُّ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who love beauty. Allah loves those who do things beautiful. Even in slaughtering. We know the famous hadith of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said that if you slaughter, if you slaughter is a good thing. You can just slaughter and cut the throat. That is slaughter in terms of the sharia, in terms of the rules of the sharia. But Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, Beautify your slaughter. So beauty always goes with the action. Allah Subhanahu Wa talks about the masjid. And Allah Subhanahu Wa says that you should, when you come to masjid, put on your most beautiful, your most zayyin, your most beautiful clothes, not your best clothes, not your newest, the most beautiful clothes that you have in your wardrobe, you should put it on when you come to every masjid of Allah Subhanahu Wa Whether it is for Jummah or for Salah, put on your best clothes and put on your best scent. And look your most beautiful, as if you're going to meet your bride for the first time. That's, that's my addition. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, kataba ihsanun ala kulli shay. kataba ala kulli shay. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has imposed beauty on all the acts of man. Be it his ibadah, be it his, his acts as a human being. And even in slaughter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has imposed that duty. So what is taqwa then? If taqwa is so closely linked to ihsan, then taqwa is the beauty of the heart. Taqwa is the beauty of the heart. And as I said earlier, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنْظُرُ إِلَى صُوَرِكُمْ وَلَا إِلَى أَجْسَامِكُمْ وَلَكِنْ يَنْظُرُ إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَعَمَالِكُمْ Allah doesn't look at what you look like. Allah looks at your heart. And Allah looks at your deeds. And in the month of Ramadan, we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a direct link with the heart. Because everything we do comes from the heart. And that is why, as I said last week, fasting was not imposed upon the Muslims in Mecca. When they were ready for fasting, because Muslims in Makkah in the first 13 years were already starving. They already had nothing. It would have been easy for them to fast. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala waited for them to leave Makkah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala waited for them to reach Medina, a city full of date palms, full of dates. There was enough food. And then Allah imposed fasting. Why? 
because fasting has a greater dimension than, than just the dimension of staying away from food and water. Fasting is there to beautify the heart for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we do it, when we beautify our wudu, it's not for us, we do it for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We do it because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has done the greatest favor you could ever do for any creation of His. لَقَدْ خَلَقَنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ التَّقْوِيمِ أَحْسَنِ التَّقْوِيمِ Do you the word Ahsan comes again? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us in the most beautifulest of forms. Look in the mirror and you can see. Most beautifulest of forms. Subhanallah. So we owe it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is created us in the most beautiful of forms to when we give back to Allah So when Allah looks at us and looks at our ibadah and now we thank Him, that should also be done in the most beautifulest of forms. There is a hadith. And of course we know that That which the Nabi Sallallahu transferred to his companions apart from the Qur'an and the knowledge of the interpretation of the Qur'an was his character. And the person that benefited most from the character of the Nabi Sallallahu was his closest companion. The man would enter paradise after all the Anbiya's entered paradise. The greatest man after the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. And why is he the greatest man who ever lived and walked on the earth after the, the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because of his heart. Because of his heart. Because his heart never wavered in the face of challenges, in the face of when everybody rejected the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa he accepted without saying ah or u or e, and as I said, when Islam was presented to him, there was no question, he said, Ashhadu wa la ilaha illallah, wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Not so the others. And I, and I gave an example of Ali, karram Allah wajha. Ali, when Nabi said, he was a boy, and I mean, oh, I suppose all boys are like that, he was only 13 years old. And the Prophet said to him, oh Ali, Allah sent me a revelation, you must believe, in Allah, and I am the messenger of Allah. So Ali said, Da'ni ufakir, ya Rasulullah. He said, Oh Allah, oh, oh, oh Rasulullah, oh messenger of Allah, leave me, I want to think about it first. I want to go home and think about it, and I'll come back to you. Uh, Abu Bakr, no. So therefore Abu Bakr got one of the highest accolades that could ever be bestowed on a man, while he's alive from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala one day sent Jibreel, this is character, not because, and this was in Makkah, this is not because he made salah, or he gave zakah, or he, or he, or he fasted, this, these things were not present in Makkah. All these ibadat became found only in, in Medina. Allah sent Jibreel to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi in Makkah, what, did he, what, what was the message to the Nabi Sallallahu Oh Muhammad Sallallahu Jibreel said, Allah Subhanahu Wa sent you salam, and Allah Subhanahu Wa asked you to give salam to Abu Bakr. Allah asks you to give salam. Imagine Allah saying salam through the seven heavens to just ordinary human being. He was a tall, thin man. With a long, thin face. You would never, never say he was such a great. But in the scale of Allah, 
If his iman was put on the scale and the iman of the holy mantra was put on the other side, his iman would outweigh the iman of all of the Muslims from the beginning of time till the end of time. Because of his character. And then Jibreel said to the Nabi this now here comes the here comes the beautiful part of it. Give salam in Allah Ya Amurka and Yukri Salamu ala Abi Bakr. Allah tells you to give his salam to Abu Bakr. And Allah asks you, O Muhammad, that when you give your salam to Abu Bakr, Allah asks you to ask him a question. What is the question? Allah asks you to ask him, Ya Abu Bakr, Ana radin anka hal anta radin anni. What is the question? Allah asks the question. It's not just Allah subhanahu wa creator of the universe. Allah's creator of subhanallah. Everything and everybody and whatever we, we know and see and unseen. Allah says to Nabi Sallam, go to Abu Bakr, give him my salam and ask him, tell him, I am pleased with him, ask him if he's pleased with me. Yawma la yanfa'u malun وَلَا بَنُونَ إِلَّا مَنْ أَتَى اللَّهَ بِقَلْبٍ سَلِيمٍ Allah says the day will come when your wealth and your children will be of no use to you. Except he who comes to Allah with a clean heart. He who comes to Allah with a clean heart. That is why Ramadan is a month in which we always question ourselves. Always question. Not, not what am I doing, but how am I doing it? Am I doing it to please Allah? Allah is pleased. Is Allah pleased with me? Or are people pleased with me? Who is pleased with me in month of Ramadan? Am I doing this so that I come to the masjid in Ramadan so people will see I'm in the masjid? Or am I doing it sincerely to, to visit the house of Allah and to worship Allah to the best of my ability and to gain the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And the blessings of Ramadan. Why am I doing it? This is, this is the question. This is ihsan. This is beautifying what you do. And that's why when the Nabi Sallallahu when he sent Mu'ath ibn Jabal, you know Mu'ath ibn Jabal, which is Sahabi? He sent Mu'ath ibn Jabal to, to Yemen. First thing, he, he took his hand and he said, Ya, Ya, uh, Mu'adh, in your book. Oh, Mu'adh, I love you. Subhanallah. So it shows the, the close relationship. It shows the love. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And then the Nabi Sallallahu said, when you go to Yemen, I want you to remember the words I'm going to tell you now. This is the advice, because you asked the Nabi for advice. Rasulullah, give me advice. You're sending me to teach the people Islam in Yemen. What is your advice to me as a, as a teacher, as a Muslim, as an example for those who are going to accept Islam in, 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 in Yemen? And the Nabi Sallallahu said to him, Akhlis dinak yakfika amalun qalil. Akhlis dinak. Nabi Sallallahu said to him, Be sincere in your deen. In other words, be sincere in your deen, in your heart. Yakfika amalun qalil. Then a little bit of good deeds would be enough. 
You don't have to do much. If you are sincere in your heart, if you treat your deen with respect, then there's not much to be done after that. Because here rests everything. It rests in the heart. Not in what we do with our hands, what we do with our feet, what we do with our money. No, it is all about inside us. It's all about the heart. And I want to relate to you a hadith which I narrate often to show how important the heart is. It's a hadith narrated by Anas ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala <clears throat> Anas ibn Malik, you know, he was a young man who spent 10 years in the house of the Nabi sallallahu and he says that one day they were sitting in the Majid al-Nabawi and the Nabi sallallahu said to them, يَطْلَوْ عَلَيْكُمُ الْآنَ رَجُلٌ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ Nabi said, oh my companions, very shortly, a man will come past and he will be a man of Jannah. So very shortly a man came past, he was dripping with the water of wudu, and he had his shoes in his left hand. And he walked past the door. And second day, the same thing the Nabi said to them, يَطْلَوْ عَلَيْكُمُ الْآنَ رَجُلٌ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ And again the man, same man came past, his face was dripping with wudu, his beard was dripping with wudu, and he had his shoes in his left hand. And they looked at the man, and he walked past. And the third day, exactly the same happened. So after the third day, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. Now Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As, there are many hadith about him, both in Bukhari and Muslim, if you want to look it up. He had one quality which very, not many sahaba had. He used to fast every day and make tahajjud every night. So one day his father, Abdullah, I mean, Amr ibn al-As came with him, to the Nabi son said, Ya Rasulullah, I'm very unhappy with my son. You look at him, he's getting weak. He, pray, he fasts every day and he makes tajud every night. So the Nabi Sallallahu said to him, No, 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 you should take, you should have time for everything. You should get married, have time for a wife, you should have a job, have time for your job, for your time for yourself. All these have rights over you. And you must be obedient to your father. If your father says, do that, you should do it. If your father says, don't do it, you should do it. If you say sleep, you must sleep. And so forth and so on. So that was Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Las. So Abdullah ibn Amr ibn Las, because of his character and his nature and the things he did, he thought to himself, I must find out what does this man do that the Nabi sallallahu said, he's a man of Jannah. Nabi never said, I'm a man of Jannah. Subhanallah, I do so much. I fast every day. I make tajud every night. The Nabi never said to me, oh Abdullah, a man of Jannah. But what, who is this man? He just walks past and he goes and he, that's it. So he goes to the man and he says to the man, brother, my father threw me out of the house. Can I stay with you for three days only? I'm going to look for a place for me. So the man said to him, he was telling a fib, obviously, because he wanted to watch and see what this man was doing. So he went with the man. The man said, no problem, you can stay with me for three nights. So he stayed with the man for three nights. And of course, being a man who was up every night, that was his way of doing things. He was going to watch to see what this man does. So at night, first night, he watches the man. Man doesn't get up for tahajjud. Nothing, the man goes to sleep after Isha and he wakes up for Fajr. But he notices during the night, this man, whenever he turns himself in his sleep, he mentions Allah's name. This man, he would turn and he would say, Subhanallah. Or he turn and say, Allah Akbar. That's all. And 
The man would go to work in the morning, would come home, he would go to the masjid for fajr, he would come home, make dhuar in the masjid, asr, maghrib, and isha, and go to sleep. So after three days, Abdullah ibn Umar went to him and said to him, uh, shukran very much. But Abdullah said, you know why I came, I must tell you, you know, my father didn't throw me out of the house. I, I just told you a white lie because I wanted to see what you do. The man said, why do you want to, you spied on me? He said, no, I wanted to see what you do because the Nabi Wasallam had said to us that you are a man of Jannah. And I wanted to find out what have you done that you had already been given Jannah on the dunya. Subhanallah. All of us have to wait for the good glad tidings of Jannah in the Akhirah except of course the 10 people. But you all, Nabi Wasallam had included you. So he says, Mahua illa ma'ra'it. He said, Well, this, what you see is what you get. He said, You know, this is me. I mean, this is me. So Abdullah ibn Umar, he said to himself, You know, but this man, he does nothing. I mean, how can the Prophet see and say he's a man of Jannah? He does absolutely nothing. So the man, he walks away. The man could see he was disappointed. So the man called him back and said, Okay, there are some things that I can, I want to share with you. Not things that I do, but who I am, the person that I am. He says, غير أني لا أجد في نفسي لأحد من المسلمين غشة. He said, number one, I لا أجد في نفسي. I don't find in my heart any reason to cheat a fellow Muslim. I have no inclination in my heart to ever, if I, if I do business with another Muslim or with another person, to already say, I'm going to cheat you. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. No. So cheating is not one of my qualities. My heart is free and clean of, of cheating a fellow Muslim. Then he said, Wala ahsud ahadan ala Allah And he said, number two, I have no envy in my heart, no hasad in my heart. For what? He says, I have no hasad in my heart for what Allah has given to other people. So Allah gave somebody a car and Allah gives, Allah gives me a car and Allah gives somebody else a, a car that maybe cost a million rand or one and a half million rand. I'll say, MashaAllah brother, Alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kind to you. فَأَمَّا بِنِعْمَةِ رَبِّكَ فَحَدِّثْ After all, you quote him the verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that you should show the wealth which Allah gives you. Fahadith. Allah says, proclaim the wealth which I bestow upon you. Don't be a rich man and live like a poor man. No, show the wealth which I mean, don't be pompous. And don't be, don't brag. But live according to your income. And give your zakah, do your chat and do everything else. Imam Malik rahimahullah. Imam Malik was a great man. Khalifa, one of the four people who established Madahib. He lived in Medina. He lived in the city of the Nabi Sallallahu He was imbued with the culture, with the habits, with the traditions of the people of Medina. And yet he was always, well, when he sat with his students, he was the best dressed amongst everybody in the room. Not only that, he sat on silk cushions. When he sat, not just cushions, cotton cushions. 
He sat on silk cushions. And the students were surprised, you know, at him and said, Sadie, you know, you're a great scholar. You know? People like you, you know, they don't sit on silk cushions. He says, he smiled and he says, Allah says in the Quran, Man harrama Allah allati ibadi. He says, who will make haram the beautiful things which Allah has made halal for his servants? Who will make haram the beautiful things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made halal for his servants? And we ask every day, what does he used to say? Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana. Oh Allah, give me the most beautiful things of this world. And when Allah gives it to you, you say, no, I don't want it. They understood the deen. You see what the difference is between us and them? They understood what beauty means. They understood their deen. Subhanallah. And that is, the, that is the challenge that we have. Is to understand the deen of Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the man said, I have no hasad in my heart. For what Allah has given to others. And finally he said, the third thing I have is, لم أبيت ضاغنا أنا لم أبيت ضاغنا على مسلم. He says, when I go, when night comes, I have no ill feeling in my heart for any Muslim. I remove all ill feelings and hatred and dislike from my heart. For any Muslim, no matter what he's done for me during the day. When night falls, when the sun sets, khalas, it goes away with the sun. That is the beauty of the heart. That is when, when Allah says, That was the Nabi that was the Sahaba. This is only the Sahabi. Imagine the heart of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Subhanallah. How was he towards his enemies and those who harmed him and hurt him? Akhlis deenak yakfik amalun qaleel. So Nabi Sassan said, Be sincere in your deen. And little good deeds will be good for you. Will be good enough for you. Be enough for you. To suffice you in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Shahur Ramadan, Alladhi unzila fihi al-Quran, Hudan lil-Nas, Allah subhanahu wa says, the month of Ramadan, we have revealed to you, O Muhammad the Qur'an. The Qur'an which is the epitome of beauty. It's the height of all beauty. Beauty in language, beauty in expression, beauty in ideas. Ahsan al-Qasas, the most beautifulest narrations are found in the Qur'an. Surah Yusuf, Allah talks about it as the most beautiful Ahsan. The most beautiful. Allah talks about the beauty of the surah. Allah speaks, Allah speaks in beautiful terms. Al-Asma'ul Husna. The names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are not just names of Allah. They're not noble names. No, Allah refers to them as beautiful names. They're the beautiful names. So Ramadan is the highest form of expression of the beauty of a Muslim. Because everything he does, he does it with the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything he does it, he beautifies. Normally we just do it in Ramadan, no. We beautify what we do. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give inshallah that we imbibe and we drink in 
the spirit of Ramadan and see the beauty of the Quran. As I always mention to my students and to my jama'ah that <clears throat> we need to read the Quran for barakah. There is no doubt about it. Nabi Sallallahu speaks in many a hadith of reading the Quran, reciting the Quran. But as I said, in so many ayat of the Quran, Allah Subhanahu talks about, أَفَلَا تَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنِ Do you not contemplate the Quran? Do you not do research on the Quran? In the beginning of understanding the Quran, is to learn the language of the Qur'an. Is to learn the language of Arabic. Without the language of Arabic, the Qur'an will not reveal its beauty to us as Muslims. And without sitting and listening to the history of Muhammad we will never know the beauty of Muhammad and his character. We must know and we must learn. And when we know and learn, we must transfer that knowledge. And I refer back to the clip that a brother sent me about the Kenyan air hostess who speaks about her life as an air hostess. And now she travels the world as an air hostess. And now she has money to buy the best fashions. She had the money to buy the best fashions in Paris when she landed there, in London, in New York, wherever she went. And eight, nine times a year she was on planes that took Hujjaj from Kenya to Makkah, to, to Jeddah. And she would listen to them reciting the Talbiyah, Labbaik, Allahumma Labbaik, Labbaik, Allah, Sharika, Labbaik. And she had no idea what it meant. She had so many Muslims working with her on, as flight attendants, but not a single one told her about Muhammad wasallam. Not a single one she introduced him to her to Islam. But she said she was never happy in all the things that she had all the brand names that she bought in all the great cities of the world couldn't give her the happiness. And then she met Islam. And she said when she met Islam, who did she meet? She met Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa And she starts crying in this clip when she speaks about the Nabi sallallahu what, what, what a man he was. She talks about his relationship with his wives. She talks about his relationships with the women which no other prophet had, she says. She talks about the Qur'an, the only, the only divine book that addresses both women and men separately. Allah addresses the sa'imina wa sa'imat. Allah addresses the believing women, mu'minina wa mu'minat, separately, individually. And she cries and she says, we are the Muslims. Why don't they introduce this great man to us so that we can also fall in love with him? So that we can also imbibe his character. So we can also follow him. She says, you sit with a big secret, with a great joy in your lives, this great man in your lives, and you don't share it with anybody. And really, it, 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 it struck me so hard that yes, this is who we are. We would, we would make a big thing about the Nabi Wasallam once a year, and then we'd be like a Pepsi Cola. It's all gone. The fizz is out, it's all gone. And we do it only amongst ourselves. We don't take the message to our neighbors, to our friends, to our workers. Ask your worker, do you know who Muhammad is? 
Though Muhammad was. Let me to tell you something about him. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So these are the things, and if your heart is right, you will do it. Only if the heart is not right, you will be afraid, you will be afraid of yourself. Because you don't understand yourself. And say so you need to read. And say so you need to come to lectures. Or to go to lectures. To listen to the history of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi So may Allah subhanahu wa inshallah. Be with us in the month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa give that we cleanse the hearts in the month of Ramadan. Right up to the end because shaitan is always, Nabi Sallallahu says, shaitan runs in the veins like your blood runs in your veins. So fast. He's always there to, inter- to intervene. But once you get rid of him, he will become scared of you like he was scared of Umar ibn Khattab. Nabi Sallallahu said, only man, one man in the history of humanity Shaitan was scared of, and that was of Umar ibn Khattab. When Umar ibn Khattab came down the road, and Shaitan saw him, he would take a, he would take a reverse, and he would go somewhere else. So imagine Shaitan was afraid of him. Subhanallah. Because of his heart. Because what did Umar say? Anuhibbul haqqa, wa qawlul haqqi, wal mawtu fi sabiril haqqi. He said, my motto is, Umar said, I love the truth, I love to speak the truth, and I want to die on the way of the truth. And of course, the thing that shaitan hated the most was the truth. Subhanallah. So therefore, he, he was afraid of Umar ibn Khattab. May Allah SWT make that. That our, our wives and children be not afraid of us. They must love us. Hmm. I think one of the things that we sometimes say, you know, and sometimes we wallow in it, and sometimes we're proud of it. We say, may Firoz bang for me. You know? May Firoz say, may manas bang for me. Or the children say, we're afraid of our father. I know it was what we said, but it should not be like that. The first place that we nurture, we should nurture love is in the home. The first, and it must, if it's done on the basis of the sunnah of the Nabi in the Quran, it will be like that. So may Allah SWT bless you and bless us inshallah. May Allah SWT give that we see the end of Ramadan, because we don't know where they're going to see the end of Ramadan. May Allah SWT give that we be healthy for the month of Ramadan. May Allah SWT give that we make our ibadah with beauty in the month of Ramadan. Allah Ta'ala Alam, Assalamu Alaikum Warahmatullahi Wabarakatuh.